Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back to the Sofa Cinema Club. I'm Colton Smith and as always, I am joined by... Jack P. Shepard. Ben Buchanan. Ooh, Ooh curveball. Wow. Got it this week. Hello. I thought you were going to go Ben Brown or Ben Paddington, but Ben Buchanan. No, Ben Buchanan. Slightly cheesy actor, please. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together and educate each other on films. Now, it's all about the films you should have seen, but you haven't. Each week we watch a film and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated and rated. The beauty of our film club is that anybody can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home and then join us every Thursday. This week's film has been chosen by you guys at home and it is the classic Paddington 2. But before we get into talking all things Paddington 2, as always, how has your week been? So why don't you go first, Coles? Because you've got stuff to say. I can feel it. So today is Tuesday and it is the most Sunday feeling Tuesday I've ever had. And I was at Leeds Festival all weekend. Oof, you've canned it, haven't you? You've gone big. <laughs> he's gone bucket hat. He's, he's gone on before Stormzy and he's kept going. Stormzy got him up and went, right, let's go, Colson. Let's hit it. A very tired boy. <laughs> it was it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and there was a lot on in. Like I, I've had a busy weekend as it was. Yeah, you're too old now. You can't do it. 23. I, I thought that when I was there. I thought I'm too old to be here. <laughs> I feel like because of the COVID year, it's kind of taken that year of, grace out for me because now I've got older and everybody else has stayed young that's how it feels (laughs) oh my god I love that theory what happened I got older but everyone else stayed the same age or younger I got younger what a result but you got older so you got there and you went oh shit the first thing me and my mates did when we walked in is went wow we are, we're old now. But when I think about it, I've been going to Leeds Fest since I was 17 or 18. One of, no, since I was 18. Mm. That's the first time I ever went to Leeds Fest, I was 18. And I think I've not missed a year other than obviously last year. I'm surprised you go, personally. <laughs> it's not a shepherd thing. It's not a price thing. I smashed it on Friday, Jack. Like, really smashed it. As in, bucket hat, shade. Like, I, I was, it was fine. Hmm. Saturday, on the other hand, <laughs> right off. Did you go Sunday? Yeah, sun- Sunday I went back to the trusty look of Bucket Hat and Shades. But Saturday I thought I'd wear a baseball cap. Best act? See, this is interesting because I the day I wanted to see was um, Friday, which was Jerry Cinnamon, who's like a Scottish like artists that I really like Biffy Clyro and then Liam Gallagher who basically just sings Oasis songs I can see Jack pulling a face <laughs> what was he called Cinnamon Jerry Cinnamon he's very good Jerry, Jerry Cinnamon. Cinnamon brilliant yeah. he's made that he's made that, he's made that you'd like Jerry Cinnamon, Cinnamon. yeah 
But to be yeah. fair, I have to say, I think Stormzy probably sold, stole the show. Good. Stormzy and D- Disclosure was very good. Like, I'm not massively into, like, DJ sets, but I was like, actually, this, like, it could have gone on for hours, and it was really, really fucking good sort of thing. Mm. With the year that we've had, like, it was just nice to go out and have fun. Did you jump off the stage into the crowd? I was on my mate's shoulders. The classic, the classic, singing the words to the song. The classic. I've got a video of me singing um, Oasis, which Jack will hate. Wonderwall. No, it wasn't. Wonderwall annoyed me. And it only annoys me because of Jack. Like, it was his last song, Jack. He did a five-song encore, and then he came back and sang Wonderwall. And, like, I was just like... I used to like this song. And then I lived with Jack, and Jack has ruined it for me because he hates it. Why? The thing is with that band, I don't like the fact that you're meant to like them. Especially living in Manchester as well. You you don't have a choice. You have to like them. <laughs> I know that's not working with you, is it, Jack? No. I know you're meant to like them, but I'm not liking yeah. them. So you've had the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but something happened. Something special happened to you, Colson, on Saturday, didn't it? Yeah. So my, like, second full-time job, my passion project is I run a cricket club. And I started running this cricket club when I was 17 with two other people. And we've done it now for like six years. And yeah, we won the Premier League on Saturday. Did you? Yeah. Is it the Premier League? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's mint. There's a thing called the White Rose Cup. So we have a semi-final now in September where we play Richmondshire. So we play the best team in South Durham. And then someone else plays the best team in South Yorkshire and like the best team in like... Bradford, they play each other and then there's a big final. And the final's played? At Headingley. Ooh. Boom! Big guns. Big guns. Big guns. Need any, uh, need any uh, batters? <laughs> batters. <laughs> I think you could be 12th man running the drinks on. I would argue it, it was probably my, it's probably, it's up there with my biggest achievement ever. Oh, that's good. Cry, cried Jack, cried on the pitch. And when you sort of like started with this club six years ago, were they... Nowhere near ever going to win the Premier League. They were top of the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> They've won it five years in a row. They've won it <laughs> ten years. We lost for the next four. No, um, without without like blowing my own trumpet. Mm. But I will. <laughs> when me and David took over, the club was about to fold sort of thing. So it was like we'd had the meeting where the club was basically folding and was going to disband. And that moment then a guy called David Young said like I, I, I'll step in don't worry I'll sink 15 million into it and we brought all the England players in so yeah a passion project of five years we wrote a five year plan oh by the way I've not told you this in my first year we got relegated <laughs> <laughs> there it is so yeah I've, I've gone from relegation promotion stabilisation and now we've won the Premier League and it's it's the start of it's the start of the future, really. We're gonna we're gonna dominate the world through cricket. Well so done. yeah, Castleford Cricket Club are the champions of Yorkshire. Well done, well done, well done. Thank you very much, boys. Um, Shepherd, you sent a text that says, "Don't let me forget Candy Crush." You haven't finished Candy Crush yet. No, you? no, no, nothing that big. You've been playing it for years. Are you a keen Candy Crusher? Yeah, massive. Ah. I deleted the game. At one point, I got up to like 3,000 and something and I deleted the game because it was in fear. I was doing my head in. And then I started again. Anyway, I'm up to about 2,000 something now. And I open up my Candy Crush app 
I'm in bed. Something like Saturday morning. I thought, I'll have a little spin on Candy Crush, pop some candy. <laughs> it's Saturday morning. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm going to have a coffee and a Candy Crush. Right. So there's this message that pops up and it says, we need to know your date of birth so that we uh, need to make sure that you're eligible for all the, the, the things and the uh, stuff that we send you. And I thought, ah, I know what they're doing. Basically, I bet you have to be over 18 now so that you can play Candy Crush, so that they can send you things to, you know, buy buy things, in-app purchases. Yeah. I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend I'm a little seven-year-old schoolgirl so that they can't send me anything or make me pay for things. And they just kick me out my account. <laughs> 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 Two and a half thousand yeah. years of work. Yeah. Suddenly, well, banned. banned. Over 18. Gone. But that means, what do you mean? Hold on. But that so, means no one can play the game. You obviously can't play if you're under 18. I don't think you can. So, Is it not like gambling, Candy Crush? I've no idea. I didn't look at the terms and conditions. I basically... Well, maybe you should have. I was just locked out of the account. So my whole weekend was trying to get back on Ring Candy Crush HQ. Hiya. I had to source an email and speak to him at headquarters and go right to the top and speak to Mr. Mr. Crush. Hello, Mr. Crush. I'm a bit busy. What do you want? Yeah. Email. I've lied him. about my age. I said, I'm really sorry. I've put my wrong date of birth. Oh, oh my what? By 30 years? <laughs> yeah. Did you get your game back? I got my game back. I'm back well, in. I'm back in. We were worried oh, no, there. I was worried. So that was Saturday. And then I've just been... <laughs> I've been it's like it's work. That was Saturday. I was knackered from that. So I went back to bed. But work-wise, you mentioned work. That's what I've been doing all week. I've been on night shoots. Um, like big night shoots. Not like pretend night shoots. Proper ones. Finish at six in the morning. Six in the morning you finish at. Which you, you can probably cope with quite well. I can do that, but the thing that's tricky, right? So if you're in every scene, it's fine. You just go all the way through and it's cool. It's when you've got a bit of a downtime. So Ooh, 12 till 3. <laughs> no, no, Ben. The sleep hour. Ben. So I filmed from like 8 until like half 12, quarter to 1. And they went, great, piss off now. We'll see you at quarter past 4. <laughs> <laughs> What did you do? I just roamed around, candy crushing. Not even tempted for the little... Well, you don't sleep, do you? You can't have a little sleep. No, I'm not really at work. I always sleep at work. (laughs) (laughs) Even during the scenes. (laughs) You can probably tell that from some of my work that I put out. (laughs) So so it's from one till quarter to four? Yeah, and then then we filmed until six, but yeah, I'm off again tonight. Bit of food? Yeah, there's a bit bit of food. I mean, who wants a hog roast at like three in the morning? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? What what are we doing? Are we mental? (laughs) Hog roast. Hog roast. What's it? What do you fancy? Ooh, hog roast. (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's a night shoot. Oh, oh dear. So that's been, that's my week at the minute and more tonight. Ben, what have you been up to? Um... Ben's Animal Adventures. Is that the renamed version of Ben's Animal Encounters? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I've moved it up to Adventures now, which is mu- a much bigger game show. <laughs> Ride. It's a much bigger park. Ben's Animal Encounters. Well, it's not an encounter, it's an adventure. Uh, Star, if people listen to this podcast, they'll be aware I have a dog called Star. Star looked at me 
And I was like, ooh, she's got something in her eyes. It looks a bit gunky. Mm. And I'm like, oh, she's got something in her eyes. And, and then my son said, yep, yeah, I think she's caught something off the dog next door. Like some eye stuff. So, right, vet. No, no, no phone call to me. Was I at Leeds Fest? Was I? You were at Leeds Fest. You were gone. You were too busy winning the league. I would have gone straight to your sister. But I thought, you know what? I need to go. I need. I'll go. I rang up and I said, "Oh, dog can't can't see. Come in, come in." And I took her in. Now, as you go in in the car, she's got two choices. She's either got walk or vets. (laughs) And so, as we come round the corner, she goes vets, looks at me, and gives a little shake. Starts to smell it, can't they? Yeah, she didn't really like it. So I took it, do do do. I took it with my son. I went, yeah, don't worry. And then we put her sat down. She sat down. She's looking around. And then, I don't know about when you've gone to the vet, but sometimes people have enormous animals. Like, enormous. So you can't see where they go off to the vet. It's like a door that goes off. <laughs> this woman pulled down her car and pulled a ramp from her car. Oh, Jesus. So it's basically... A rhino. Yeah, hippo. Yeah, it's basically a rhino. She's basically, <laughs> we've basically gone safari. My son looks at me and goes, there's, Dad, there's a ramp into the back of that car. What is it? And I said, well, we've got some choices here. It's a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> it's an elephant, but it's massive. And then all you heard was this... Boom, 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 clatter. And I don't know what breed of dog it was. It was a breed of dog that they must have had in, like, Lord of the Rings. What's it look like? It was fucking enormous and black, black fur, like, bigger than a husky, like a bear. Not like a, an Irish wolfhound or anything like that? No, no, it was, like, a big, big thing, like a, like a bit like a Newfoundland, but, like, bigger. Yeah, I was thinking Newfoundland, yeah. Yeah, a bit like that, but, my God, fucking powerful. And the lad's coming out, the lad's being dragged out by it. That dog has gone, I don't like vets, I'm out. I'm going up the ramp, but we're going home, right? So it's gone... Well, Star goes from mild-mannered, ooh, I've got something in my eye, to... Oh, hold on. So it's a kick-off. <laughs> the dog turns She's going to take it on. Oh, she's going to take it on. Two foot nothing. There's me, and I'm thinking, oh, here we go. And the dog gives it this... She just goes. Goes like that. Goes looks and goes. Hold on, that's not the way it works. I'm big. I shout at you. You look scared. She wasn't scared at all. Straight up the ramp. Ran straight up the ramp. She's off. So we have to go into the vet. Vet was mint. Mint. It's all. It's all fine now. So that was it. Ben's animal encounters this week. Speaking of animals, hello, Paddington Bear. It looked a bit like Uncle Bear. It was that big. You know, we're open with the two bears on the bridge. Aunt Lucy and Uncle... B- Uncle... Bulgaria. No, Bas- Uncle- Basumo. Basubo? Basubo. Or something like that. And they saved Paddington. Reminded me of Cliffhanger. Yes. What's Cliffhanger? Oh, fantastic film. Absolutely. Stallone. Yeah. It's the opening of the Stallone cliffhanger. Yeah. One of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> so Paddington 2, uh, Colson, one of your favourite films? Uh, no, I'm a big fan of Paddington 2, actually. I remember watching it in the cinema, and yeah, I really liked it. So when it came out in the public vote, I was quite glad that it won, really. 
But I'm not the only person that was quite glad that it came out because quite a lot of people obviously voted for it. And the person who picked it is Lucy Brown from York, who has just graduated from the Uni of Salford doing film production. And her favourite film ever is Fight Club. But here is her synopsis of Paddington 2. Paddington 2 is the second film in a live-action franchise based around Paddington Bear. Paddington is now settled in with the Brown family and is enjoying his life in London. With his Aunt Lucy's birthday round the corner, Paddington picks up a series of odd jobs in order to buy her the perfect present, a pop-up book of London. However, when the book is stolen and Paddington is framed, it is up to the Brown family to prove Paddington's innocence and find the real culprit to get Paddington out of prison and back home where he belongs. Paddington 2 is fun for all the family, which takes you on a roller coaster of emotions, making you laugh, cry, and everything in between. What is in between laughing and crying? Indigestion. <laughs> very good. Very slick. It was very slick. It was a slick synopsis, yeah. Didn't really speak much about any of the actors or anything in it. Didn't Hugh Grant didn't get a sniff. Well, that's our job, really, isn't it? <laughs> She's gone. She's gone for it there, Shepard. I love it. Poor girl's just got a film degree. <laughs> And you're you're about to take it off her. <laughs> you might you might have got one from Uni of Salford, but you're not getting one from Jack P. Shepherd. You've not mentioned the actors, you've not done this. I'm sorry, love. So no from me. That's literally your attitude then. The final marks to your degree are the Paddington Two synopsis. <laughs> we'll be marking your whole degree on that for the last three years. Go, you got a minute. <laughs> but, you know, Jack, you touched on the actors. It's a massive cast, isn't it? Yeah, British cast. I mean, they're all pretty much British, aren't they? Are they all British? Yeah, I think so. Big, big British film, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Obviously, there was Paddington 1, which, again, very good film. I can't remember what happened in that. Nothing, really. It's it's a bit of a shower of shit, to be honest. It's not a shower of shit, but it's nothing on Paddington 2. just is good. Is it about finding the bear and the bear finding the browns, Paddington 1? I think so, yeah. Peter Capaldi's got a much bigger part of like the nosy neighbour type thing. So Paddington now is is fully in with the Browns, isn't he? Yeah. So we've got housekeeper, mum and dad, brother and sister, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Plus Paddington. Now, the thing that I think I do like about this film is it doesn't treat you like you thick, as in it has no implications that the, it's a bear. Do you know what I mean? What, you mean the way they treat him, you mean? Yeah, you could get that script and give it to a bunch of school kids as a play, yeah? And they wouldn't know that Paddington was a bear. It says bear all the way through it. It says Paddington bear, though. No, but you know what I mean, in terms of the way they treat him. Yeah, they treat him like one of the family, yeah. (laughs) The way no one looks around in the fair when he wins to pick the person out the hat, and no one goes, you bear, and no one turns around and goes, what, hold on, hold hold on. It's a talking bear. And there's no other bears. No. There's no other bears on his hot. He's permanently a cub. Is that because he's a cub in, like, the books? Yeah. So he, he does that thing in Peru... Yeah. And it goes a few bare years ago. And then there's Paddington 1. But Paddington, really, the story was only ever about him with the Browns. Right. And to be fair, Jack, if you had a bear and it got big, you wouldn't want it, would you? <laughs> it wouldn't be very cuddly, would it? Doing a massive turd in your front room. <laughs> exactly. And it'd be nasty. It's like Tiger King, innit? He got rid of them when they weren't cubs. <laughs> Tiger King, yeah. I think it was really, the, the books were, and he would say in the books a bit about having marmalade sandwiches and whatever, but it was all about him in that family. And you know how he mucks things up? Mm. Like disasters happen to him. He falls down or falls into things. The books were all made up of that. 
every week he fucks something up. So Paddington is played by Q from James Bond, isn't he? Yeah, Ben Whishaw. Yeah, which um, I like Q in James Bond. I like him probably better as Paddington the Bear. I think he works well as Paddington the Bear. Very good. Really, really sweet, quite innocent. Who's the other one? Who is in Gleeson? Brendan Gleeson. You've got Hugh Bonneville knocking about. Granty, obviously, giving the performance of his life. He must have loved this. Yeah, he said it's his favourite film. Yes, that he's ever done. Really? Because I bet he just had a right laugh. It is. I mean, you've got Sally Hawkins, who's the mum, haven't you? You've got Julie Walters, who's Mrs. Bird. Every British actor ever basically lives on that street in Notting Hill, don't they? Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing I can't get my head around. Everybody who lives on that street. I mean, those houses are worth about eight, ten million. You've got the person on the news agents. You've got the frigging neighbourhood watch guy, the traffic warden. Ten million pound house. Are you having a laugh? Are you taking piss? I think it was just up from where I went to drama school. It looks like round about Swiss Cottage. What is it they said? Westminster Gardens, I think. Is that what they called it? Yeah, I think it's like West Hampstead or something. Right. Um, yeah, so where are we now? So as like Lucy said in the synopsis, the premise of the film is Paddington wants to get a gift for Aunt Lucy. She's basically turning 100, is that right? Yeah. And he wants to get a, the gift of a lifetime and he goes into... Jim Broadbent's shop, doesn't he? Which is full of kind of... Full of tat. Full of shit. <laughs> full of shit. It is. It's full of shit, isn't it? It's full of shit. And he goes, look, the less shittiest thing I've got is this book. But this book has been donated by a carnival that are, like, coming to town. And Paddington decides that this book is the perfect gift. Aunt Lucy always wanted to go to London. It just makes sense. Now, the only trouble is the book's very expensive. So Paddington has to set himself out to get a job. So they go to the opening night of the Kozlova Funfair, don't they? Mm, Which yeah. is a big thing. It's been coming to London for hundreds of years. And opening the opening night isn't Coronation Street's David Platt. It's the biggest actor in the world. Nick Tilsley. <laughs> Played by Hugh Grant and it's Felix Buchanan, who is an actor who takes himself very seriously. But the impression that we get straight away is that he's kind of let himself go. He isn't doing very well. And as Mrs. Bird, Julie Walters' character, states, he's now doing dog food commercials. So that's kind of where his career's at. Them commercials are funny. Have you seen him dressed as They're the very dog? good, aren't they? Yeah. And he eats it and you're like, oh, that must taste awful. Fair play to Hugh Grant. Whatever he does, he goes full guns. I think it's, this is the perfect opportunity just to talk about Hugh Grant in this film because he literally is the life and soul of it, isn't he? Yeah, every time he's on. You're interested. From the minute you meet Hugh Grant, he is just interesting, isn't he? Kind of that 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 first thing. And um, he picks out Paddington Bear, gets him on stage, and um, that's kind of where Paddington lets out that he knows the whereabouts of this book. Um, but Paddington thinks nothing of it. The audience think nothing of it. The next thing we know, Gruber's Antiques has been broken into. Mm. And Paddington sees someone breaking into Gruber's Antiques, so he follows him to try and stop him. The police turn up, Paddington's caught. It looks like Paddington has stolen the book. Chase on a dog, which is an interesting one. Which and is, a swan. And a swan. A small bear, I suppose you would go for that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Dog ride. Dog ride onto the swan, which gets a bit tricky. Swan doesn't like it. And then Grant just blows up in a, in a bit of smoke, doesn't he? Yeah, well, we don't know it's Grant, do we? It's a mysterious character who looks an awful lot like Felix Buchanan. And he disappears... And Paddington is caught, 
Paddington is arrested and Paddington is sent to prison. And it's the same judge, isn't it, who he botched his haircut earlier in the film. Yes, yeah. yeah. As Paddington's trying to get a job. So Paddington's in prison and the Brown family have kind of taken it upon themselves to get, you know, prove that he's innocent because they know that Paddington wouldn't steal the book because he was so, you know, he, he didn't he have something like £490 and he only needed 500 to buy the book? No, he needed like, yeah, 1000 I think. And he was like 952 he was, or something, wasn't he? he? And he was ready to buy the book tomorrow, wasn't he? Like, it, you know, it, it was all ready and then it just got stolen. Mm. So they're trying to basically find out who is this robber. And as they're trying to find that out... <laughs> I actually love it when Grant's character gets interviewed... And, he go, and Sally Hawkins goes to sort of interview him to try and get a photo fit of what the robber might look like. And every time, even in court, he goes, and he had those piercing yeah. blue eyes. <laughs> he can't help. He can't <laughs> help but say how <laughs> mint he looks. Yeah. And yes, the robber had those piercing blue eyes. Well, how do you <laughs> yeah. know he did? It was a black and white photo. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes, I must have coloured them in. <laughs> <laughs> that is really good. That is funny. I do like that. He just made me laugh. In this film, he is really truly brilliant sort of thing and the other character that i really like is a character that we meet whilst paddington's in prison and that is the character of muck knuckles no knuckles mcginty muck knuckles <laughs> it sounds like a burger you wouldn't want muck knuckles i'll have it does i'll have a muck knuckles burger please fries <laughs> but knuckles mcginty is played by who jack Brendan Gleeson. Mad-Eye Moody in Harry Potter. Yeah. In fact, all of this cast are virtually in Harry Potter at some point. But then that is every British film ever now, isn't it? Aside from Papadopoulos and Sons, I don't think any of them made the cut. <laughs> that's three, that's it. That's all you'll need to make a film. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Knuckles McGinty, he makes the food which is dog shit. And Paddington speaks to him, doesn't he, and says, look, is there any chance of, any chance of us getting something different to eat? And Knuckles is offended and Knuckles goes to punch him. And as he goes to punch him, Paddington puts in his mouth a marmalade sandwich. Every time I see marmalade, I think Paddington. Is it orange jam? Well, yeah, but it's got bits in it. Strong bits in it. I don't I don't think I do. I like jam. Yeah, but this is more it's different. Marmalade's a bit different, not as necessarily as sweet. Do you know what scares me about the word marmalade? Marmite. What do you mean? As in... Marmalade, because Marmite is awful. I like it. I've got a fact about Marmite. Go on. If you smack Marmite with a spoon, it turns white. Does it? (laughs) Yeah. Right, pause the podcast, go into your kitchen cupboard and try it. And try it and let us know straight away. What, you smack it once and it goes white? No, 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 no. Just keep smacking it. So it's black, isn't it? And it goes dark brown to brown to orange to like yellow to white. And I mean white, like Tipex white. How? When oxygen gets into it. How the shit do you know this? Because I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. I said, this is bollocks. And we were in the green room at work and someone says, well, I've got some marmite. I went, right, we're fucking trying it. Get that plate, get that spoon. We're having a go. We're going into the lab. 50 seconds, a minute later, white marmite. What does it taste like, Ben? Tar. (laughs) It's like a road. Tastes like a soft road. It's like a taste you can't imagine. It's like 
It's strong, very strong. It's got its own taste. It's a bit like spreadable fisherman friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. See, when we were a kid, it was Sunday night, Marmite, Monday beans on toast. Fucking hell, it's grim up north, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's right up north. That. And Marmite, I loved it. I still do a bit of Marmite now. If we head back to Marmalade, have you ever made Marmalade? No. Yeah. You have? Yeah. I made it with my mother-in-law, who loves making marmalade. It keeps for years. It keeps for years. It's one of those ones, right? You know when you put something in the fridge and you, and you forget about it, and it's right at the back, and you pull them out, and you go, chuck, 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 furry. You go to chuck that marmalade out. Oh, no, 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 no. That's fine. What, 1973? Yeah, fine. Take the top off. The rest of it's fine. It's got a weird thing. It will just seal itself. I, I think that's utter bollocks. But we've had like year old, years old marmalade and it's fine. <laughs> she makes it in a massive vat. Massive vat. Oranges, sugar, massive. Yeah. yeah. Do you follow the same recipe as Paddington? Yeah. All him and Knuckles McGinty, or Muck Knuckles for short, all he does is chuck oranges peel in. Yeah, and, and sugar. And orange juice and sugar, isn't it? Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Wow. Bob on marmalade. Well, they almost reinvent this whole prison, don't they? And it starts with marmalade. So when we first see this prison, it's not a very nice place to be. It's very dark. The food's very miserable. But Paddington comes in. The first thing he does is puts a red sock in with the outfits, dyeing everyone's clothes pink. And then he gives them marmalade. And it kind of opens this conversation up to who, who can cook what. And they kind of all get together in prison. And they're having cake sales. They're having everything. It looks a great. It looks a great place to be, doesn't it? Really. <laughs> oh, and yeah. you, do you know what? I fucking knew you were going to say that. That looks really good. I think I might commit a crime and go. Can I? Hello. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. But can I go to the Paddington Prison, please? They've all got hanging baskets outside the cells. Exactly. <laughs> Coats in there. Oh, I quite like this. I eat some marmalade. Well, I don't know if I like marmalade though. So I need to. I need to find out that before I commit the crime, don't I? I'll get you some. We can have a taste test. Before I commit the crime. I really love the scene where the Browns all go to visit and he's made all his mates and he switches the light off thinking that they won't hear him. And yeah. He calls them, what's he call them? Like, yeah, he insults them all. He insults them. And then he goes, that just switches the light off, not the mic. <laughs> that got me. I thought it was a brilliant scene. Well directed, well directed. Mm. And the prison, again, casted very well, isn't it? You've got Tom Davis in there, comedian. You've got quite a few different characters that offer different things. Yeah, yeah they yeah. do it very well. And it, it works really nicely in terms of the group that Paddington gets in. And basically, Paddington is starting to forge an escape plan with his new friendship group. Well, he's not, is he? They are... But Pad- they ask Paddington. He goes, no, no, no. The Browns will get the me The Browns out. will save me. And he says, look, you're fine for the first few weeks. And after a while, they'll forget. And they go, oh, no, no, they won't forget. The Browns won't forget. They don't forget, but they get caught up in getting close to Hugh Grant, don't they? So they don't turn up for a visit. So they've been tipped off, haven't they? That, you know, Hugh Grant's character, Felix Buchanan, might know more than he's letting on. So... Mrs. Brown sneaks into his house whilst Felix is out for a meeting with his agent, which is Joanna Lumley. Is it Joanna Lumley playing the agent? Yeah. Done done very nicely and very clever in terms of you've got a meeting at the Ritz and 
blah 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 so he goes off and it frees the house and she's snooping around to see what she can find out about Felix's involvement and as she's snooping around she notices that the attic has been in use and now we've had mysterious things happening but it's been different people hasn't it so the Tower of London's been broken into by a knight in shining armour we know who Paddington described stole the book and all these characters are linking up and then the next thing you know Mrs Brown finds herself in Felix's dressing room with all of his old characters which are all of the criminals and it hits her then that Felix is the gangster. Felix is the baddie. I like that scene when Hugh Grant's in his dressing room and he, he talks to all of his characters. Yeah, in different accents. No! And he goes, he goes, Macbeth, why the lemon face? And he, <laughs> show, he shows him the mannequin. It's just very funny. Do you think that was written? Or did she, do you think he went... Look, these are really good. These are characters I do, which are quite funny. And then, or do you think they wrote it and he just went, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll just go with it and make up my own stuff? I'd like to think he probably made up his own stuff, but I don't yeah. know. I, 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 I don't know. It seems very natural. Yeah. It? Yeah. And it is very much of he's playing an actor that takes himself so seriously. Yeah. But as the actor playing it, he just takes the piss out of himself almost. Mm. And it just works genius because it is Hugh Grant yeah. being this camp actor. And so, like, even the clothes he wears is himself, you know, it's just brilliant. It's with the cravat, he forgets his cravat and he has to head back all the way through London. Like, it is just genius. Mm. But he catches the Browns in his house, doesn't he? And Mr. Brown tries to pull it off as it's just an insurance visit. And gets away with it, amazingly. But he does, but Felix's suspicions are rising, aren't they? He knows that he's got to act quickly. And he knows that with the letters that he's found through the pop-up book, he he has to do something with them. He has to play them in Madame... Madame Kosslova's uh, steam piano. Yeah. Because Madame Kosslova, just quickly, Madame Kosslova hid all... She was the most successful tightrope artist, wasn't she? Or what? It, what is it, the other one? Trapeze. I've done trapeze. Have <laughs> you? Yeah. I did it for like six weeks. Why? Because it was one of those things, I was at drama school, you did circus skills. Chat, we've missed out on a lot, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, so we were doing stage fighting, which was like swords, and then you did tumbling, and then some, my mate went to me, my best mate went to me, he said, I've got a fucking great one here for CV. <laughs> I said, what's that? He said, trapeze. <laughs> he said, let's go to East London. So you go to East London, it was like Old Kent Road or something. He said, let's do trapeze. I said, are you fucking mad? He said, no, you can do a free trial and then we'll do it for a few weeks and then we'll put it at the bottom of our CV. And when someone goes, ha, 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 you put trapeze at the bottom of your CV, you go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I can do it. So I <laughs> went up. Now, you climb up the ladder and it, there's like a practice thing. There's like a proper um, like high bench thing. And you grab the trapeze and the trick is you can't use your muscles you've got to swing from your shoulders so if you don't swing <laughs> you just <laughs> so when they're doing it they're lifting their legs to get the momentum if you get it wrong you just go <laughs> and just stick in the middle and have to drop off onto the net you can instantly see well you're not actually that high when you practice but you can instantly see whether you can do it or not 
Because you either go high and it works, or you look shit at the bottom of the swing. Mm. Fucking knacks. Fucking knacks. Never had to do it. So if a job came up now and your agent rang you and said, Ben, there's, it's trapeze, would you be able to say it's still on my CV? How high? That's what I'd say. How high? Is it still on your CV? Do you know what it might be? And I've never had to do it. Do you think I might have to do it on the street? <laughs> Nick Tilsley, trapeze and <laughs> bistro. Eventually, I knew it would come in. No, it's really hard. And if anything, actually, it made me realise, don't say you can do trapeze <laughs> if you can't do it. Anyway, that's my trapeze story. So she's got a load of gifts because she was so famous. She hides them. This is the treasure they're looking for. She's hid them in the piano. Hugh Grant's got all the notes. Paddington's going to escape because he thinks the Browns haven't turned up. They're leading this daring escape by hot air balloon, aren't they? Mm. The game's afoot. We're all off in different spaces. This is where it falls apart for me, the film. Oh, no. Ah. I mean, that they're escaping prison at midnight. Yeah. Midnight, prison, prison cell doors shut, yeah? Yeah. So they're escaping out. Hot air balloon. I mean, you've got to give them, what, an hour, maybe two hours to be off in that hot air balloon to be getting out getting the balloon up and running and everything yeah so let's say it's two o'clock in the morning cut to the browns they're all up they've all got clothes on dad comes home from work in his suit they're hunting for paddington yeah but he's got his clothes on like like like, like, in his briefcase and his scarf like he's just coming home from work have you ever lost a bear jack they find out that that they work out that they're getting on the 635 train yeah yeah. 6.35 in the morning. They're getting on the train and the barber's on the train drinking champagne at half six <laughs> in the morning. Yeah, when, yeah that's, a, that's a valid point about the other train, maybe. Just they go all the way through the night. But you are searching for a bear. Yeah. It's hard. I don't know. I think Shepard's got a very good Poirot there. But they don't know he's escaped. That's what I'm saying. They think he's still in prison. But if you think about this, Jack, they are within touching distance of pinning it on Felix Buchanan. They've even gone to the police to say, it was Felix. Like, look at the pictures. That is him. So I think you would stay awake because you, you're so close to getting Paddington free. Little do they know Paddington's escaped and his mates get to this abandoned airfield and his mates basically tell him a little bit of a lie, don't his they? His mates just shit on him, don't they? Yeah. Sorry, mate. We needed you to get through the laundry chute. Yeah. We don't need you anymore. Yeah. Come with us or sod off. So he sods off, doesn't he? Mm. He goes on his own. He walks through the ropey streets of London, finds a phone box and makes a phone call to the Browns house. First, they don't answer. But then they ring him back and he says, it's me, Paddington. And they find him. And then as soon as they get there, they say to Paddington everything they know. And that note that they found from Felix's house says... 6.35 where where dreams come true or something like that which Paddington knows it's the train they've got to get to Paddington train station which they do they get on the train they know he's on the train it's kind of a bit of a chase this isn't it now as in they're on one train he's on the other train that's right isn't it yeah they're trying to catch up they kidnap the other train don't they they're basically Orient Express and the, the the other one's on the other one. The son, Joseph Brown, is a massive train fan, isn't he? He's an ex-train fan. Extractor fan. <laughs> um, there's that great line of, my name's Joseph Brown and I like steam trains. That is a good line, that. <laughs> From the whole thing of how he's been called, like, 
T-Bone and all this, or J-Dog. Suddenly he came back. My name's Joseph Brown, and I like steam trains. And anyway, Joseph Brown, who likes steam trains, does the business. He gets the train going, he catches up in enough time for Mr. Brown to jump on and Paddington to jump on the train. And it's kind of a race to who can... Who, who can help him out, isn't it, really? Um, and Felix Buchanan is on the train, is taking his time, doesn't think he's being followed at all, does he? He's in disguise as a train conductor, is he? I think he is, yeah. Yeah. Sort of a bold train conductor, isn't he? He's got a skull cap on, then he takes that off. <laughs> so I think his disguise is a shit, but it's shit. Funny. You'd notice him, but that's what's so brilliant because <laughs> yeah. he thinks he's fucking great at them. Yeah. And he puts them on. He goes, "Aha, Poirot! Aha! I'm now a knight. Aha! I'm a nun." But he looks exactly the same in <laughs> yeah. all of them. But he carries it off very well. Yeah. So they're on the train. The other one's got to go a bit faster. He's got to go a bit faster. Paddington has put toffee apples on his feet to be able to go along the train, isn't he? I like that bit. Yeah, that was good. The train actually works very well. Mm. Both sides, that works very well. And then what happens? Does it get derailed? They're coming together. The, fam- the family and Grant come together and she's got the gun. Yeah. I like this. He pulls the sword out and another actor's reference. He goes, stage combat, level four. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. That would have been me. That is absolutely his ad lib, I'm sure. Stage combat four. Because there was, there was, I remember there was bronze, silver and gold. You all got bronze, but some, no one got gold. Gold was like, fuck that. You're fucking, you bit, where he said it, loved it. Because they pull a, no, they pull a pop gun, doesn't she? Yeah, the dart. Julie Walters yeah. pulls a kind of dart yeah, and he goes, yeah, it's a yeah. dart gun. Yeah. Whereas this is real. Yeah. Uh, there's the big fight, the train derails, Paddington, he goes in the water. This Now, this bit, I thought... It's sad. It's sad you'd be shitting yourself if Paddington is about to suffocate in the railway bit. How does he know the guy in the plane? Oh, look, maybe we land in this lake. I think you just... you Actually, Jack, you've got a point. They want that moment where you think Paddington's brown bread, don't you? Unless as he's flying over, he's seen it go in. And he goes, oh my God, that's Paddington. Let's save him. Yeah. Yeah. It's Paddington in the train. Let's save him. Well, they do save him and anyway. They do. they do save him. They do save him. They get him out. Grant goes to prison, doesn't he? Yeah. Yep. And the bear's released. He's at home. Made me cry this bit in the cinema. Did it really? Yeah. Is this the bit that Lucy Brown was talking about on the synopsis then that laughed and cried? Ah, that's why she's doing film studies, you see. We've got round to it. Yeah, this bit really got me. And I said to Ben in the cinema, I said, this really got me this bit when I saw it first time. And it still got him a bit. I looked at his face. You know when someone's face is watching something and they're sort of mouthing it and looking, going, (laughs) mouth the words back. Like that mouth the words, his face had gone. So Paddington wakes up from his coma on the day of Aunt Lucy's birthday, but we don't particularly know it's Aunt Lucy's birthday. We're having a bit of a party for Paddington, aren't we? A welcome back party. All of the street are in the corridor. And when Paddington says, what day is it? He works out that it is Aunt Lucy's birthday and he feels horrendous because he never got the book. He never sent her a present and Aunt Lucy's going to think he's forgot. And then the doorbell rings and there she is, Aunt Lucy. All the way from the rainforest 
to the city of London. My first reaction when I saw her was, she's dead. But she didn't she didn't fall off that bridge at the beginning. How did they get back up? Uncle Pastubo sorts it all out, doesn't he? He lifts them up. The other thing as well is I would have loved it. If the doorbell had rung, she got out and she's come a long way. She's come from Peru. And the first thing she says was, That was a really long fucking flight. <laughs> Knackered. <laughs> get me some marmalade and a cup of tea. And they have a hug, don't they? Paddington's face head his head falls off and they have a little hug. She goes, I'm a hundred. I might not see 101. How lovely to see you. Paddington 3. And that's it. That's the end, isn't it? That, that is ends the end. on that, yeah. Although we've got, a, we've got a little Hugh Grant dance in the credits, haven't we? That's funny. I don't know if we saw that. Did you not get to that bit? Well, we oh, watched it on Netflix, and as soon as it's finished, Netflix just tells you what to watch next, doesn't it? That really pisses me off uh, that they do that. Did he do a little dance? You watch the credits, it's Hugh Grant in prison, dressed in pink. <laughs> and he's... He's doing a dance from one of his stage musicals that he's been in, in the prison with everybody else. It's very funny. That does sound good, actually. Um, let's um, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we will rate Paddington too. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Paddington 2 ratings. Let's start off with Jack. Yeah, I, I saw this film in the cinema. I think I saw it with my kids. Um, I did like the film. It's Hugh Grant, isn't it? It's him all day. If he's not in it, forget it. It's dog do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he it's laugh, laugh a minute when he's on screen. Um, the story's fine, rolls along. few holes, but, I mean, artistic license, you can just forget about them. Uh, it's directed very well. Script's funny. Yeah, I'm, I think it's in the sevens, and I'm, I'm going to go 7.4 for me. <laughs> point four. Yeah. Not the point five. It, dro- what? it dropped to point one for, for the, for the, uh, timing. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Just yeah. something like, but as a family film, rolls along. Yeah. Everybody's going to come away with something. A few laughs at Hugh Grant. Yeah, I think everybody can enjoy it. 7.4. Ben? Uh, yeah, same as Jack. Hugh Grant. Enjoyed it, saw it with the kids. It rolls along. Very entertaining. Seven. Yeah, same as you two. Ten. <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah, obvi- no, I'm... <laughs> same I, as I'm you not, two, 11. I've not given my rating yet, but um, same as you two. Love Hugh Grant. I think without him... And that side of the story, I think Jack's right. It's not the same film. He's really, really good in it. I think the scenes with Paddington are good. 
in prison. I think that's casted very well. I think the dynamic of him kind of making everything better is quite nice. As in, he goes to the Browns when they're a broken family and makes them all love each other. And he goes to prison and he makes them all love each other. And then Hugh Grant does just smash it because you can just tell he's having fun and he doesn't take himself too seriously. So yeah, um, as you've said, echo all of that. But, (laughs) eight. (laughs) Eight, no, good. So, seven at eight at 7.4 is... 22.4. 22.4 out of 30. That is a big, big rating. But, you know, I think it's a popular film and I think we're going to find out on social media what people think of it at home. But I'm, I'm expecting, I'm expecting relatively big things. I think people like it. I don't think you can say it's a terrible film. I don't think you can. I mean, even if you don't like, you know, uh, family films or whatever, I think you have to look at it and go, actually, they've done a really good job. So Paddington was looking for treasure and talking about another treasure, it's Jack's hidden gem. Well done, Ben. Great link. Great link. I mean, that's not easy to do. It's not, no. It's not. You've pulled that's it out. right from the top drawer of linkage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might put that on my CV. Trapeze linkage. Do you need, some, do you need two things linked? Don't worry, I've got this. I've got this. Um, <laughs> yes. So Jack's hidden gem this week curveball <laughs> is it on telly <laughs> yes it is <laughs> curveball you can't see it curveball it's a series so we're going off oh. docs and we're going off films alright oh. it's a series so it's six episodes it's brand new yeah it's on now TV and Sky you know Sky Atlantic all that so you can if you've got one of those sort of streaming services you can pick it up from there six eps Six hours long. It's called The White Lotus. Have either of you two seen it? That's what we want to watch That's next. That's what you've sent to me, Ben. Yeah. Yes, I sent it to Colson last week. Watch that. It's fucking mint. It's good. It's like an all-inclusive five-star holiday resort in Hawaii. Do you know who wrote it? Yes, I do. The guy that wrote it, Mike White, wrote and starred in School of Rock. He's Ned Schneebly. Wow. Yes, there we go. Link! What a link! He's wrote, directed, and produced this, and created the whole thing. And do you know what? It is brilliant. It's flawless. Yeah, because I sent it to Coulson thinking, I'd heard it was good. Yeah. Yeah. The actor's brilliant. And the comedy is right, right up our street. It's very subtle. It's not slapstick, it's just very subtle and you think, oh my God, and all of it you think is believable. All of it can happen. It's all just about people and how they act on holiday. That's virtually it. Just delves into different people that are staying at this hotel for like a week. That's the series, six eps. It's amazing. We've got to do it then. Me and Ben are currently struggling our way through the second series of Ted Lasso. Oh, struggling, not going down well. Well, no, it, it's just... It's all right, isn't it, Ben? What the thing that threw us was it, it came out last week, Jack. Mm. Episode three is a Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think it might have got mixed up in the old COVID. It's fine. It's just not as good. As, we loved the first series. Mm. Then we had a bit of barbecue in between. Yeah. Then actually, I can see the next flat watch is White Lotus. I mean, we binged it in like three days. We did the whole thing, and we absolutely loved it. Pissed ourselves. Great hidden gem. The hotel owner is bang on Ben. He's not bang on you. I just think you'd be really good at playing the same character. At playing it. Okay, great. I can't wait yeah, to watch it. I think you could play that character. 
So next week, it's back to my choice, and I have two films in my head. Both of them are going to upset you. <laughs> That's good. One of them is the three days of my me at Leeds Fest. Well, well then, it's funny you should say that, because the film that I have chosen has come completely inspired from my trip to Leeds Fest. It's a film that I don't think either of you will have seen, actually. But it, I guess in my generation, it might be seen as a bit of a cult classic. Spike Island? No, I haven't seen it. I've heard of it, though. Oh, well, I, I, we'll see what you think. Because we'll see. I, it's interesting to, for you to watch a film you've not seen, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, Spike Island, yeah. It's it's basically a story of me at Leeds Fest. And we'll be back here next week to talk all things Spike Island. In the meantime, please do remember that you can get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at Sofa Cinema Club. Please go onto the iTunes store and leave us a review. Give us five stars. And subscribe. Subscribe is a new thing which I've heard people say on podcasts. They say subscribe. I always think subscribe always sounds like you've got to pay. (laughs) No, you don't pay. You click a plus. You could definitely pay if you want to. (laughs) So why don't you say this? Subscribe for free. Yeah, join us. Go on to the iTunes store and leave us a review. Please give us five stars. Let us know what you think about the podcast. And then in our Monday episode, we will read out some of the reviews in Ben's Reviews. Speaking of our Monday episode, remember that you can check that out whenever. We're talking all things terrestrial TV and we're also doing Letters from Home where we speak to you guys about what you think of Sofa Cinema Club. So next week, we're back here to watch Spike Island. And until then... Good night, God bless. Good night. Good night. Bye. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.